Hello and welcome to the Walking in Our Shoes podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to showcasing real journeys through our adolescent inpatient wards at Signet Hospital Sheffield. This podcast series is co-produced by some of the young people in our service, as well as some of the parents and carers. The intention behind this series is to showcase the reality of what an inpatient stay on an adolescent ward is like. During each of these episodes, I will be joined by some of the young people from our wards, from some of the parents or carers or some key staff members. The information in these episodes may be useful for young people and their families who may be close to an admission to hospital, or for those who have recently been admitted. The series may also be useful for the wider professional network that works with us in the community. It is hoped that the function of these episodes will also combat some of the stigma that is associated with mental health and particularly associated with being an inpatient in a mental health hospital. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Walking in Our Shoes podcast. My name is Seb and I'm a consultant clinical psychologist and the head of psychology here at Signet Hospital Sheffield, as well as a national psychology leader across all CAM services. In the last episode, we heard about a young person's experience of occupational therapy as well as art therapy. In today's episode, we're focused on education and how, a young, and how young people on our adolescent wards continue with their education whilst being an inpatient. To do this, I'm joined by Katie, who's our head teacher up at Phoenix School. Hi as well as two of our young people across um, two of our different wards. So we've got Emily. Hello. And we've got Jason. Hi. So um, Emily and Jason, do you want to just say um, a little bit of what wards are you kind of currently um, in? I'm on Pegasus Ward, which is a general ward. The general adolescent ward, yep. And Emily? I'm on Griffin, which is low secure. Which is low secure. Um, so I thought what we'd do is we'd, we'd start off this episode um, by thinking a little bit about education kind of pre admission so thinking a little bit because obviously both of you would have will have struggled with with your own mental health kind of prior to coming into hospital that's kind of why why you're here um and I suppose I wanted to find out a bit from both of you about how well if and how that would have impacted your education kind of prior to coming into hospital um so um Jason if I can start with you um did your kind of mental health difficulties kind of impact your education prior to coming into into hospital at all yeah you just sort of go to school you sit in lessons you don't really do anything don't really speak to anybody and it's just like that for quite a long time okay so it kind of impacts how you're able to kind of engage with what's going on in the schoolwork. yeah did that impact how like whether you were kind of behind or on target with with things or it makes you really far behind and then you've got your head of you that's putting pressure on you to achieve these things okay and how did that then impact with, I guess, the mental health stuff that you were already struggling with? Did that make it better or worse? Worse. Worse. Um, and Emily, was that kind of a, a similar situation that you found yourself in? Or was it, was it, was it different? Um, I was just restricted on a lot of hours that I could be at school, so I wasn't there a lot. So it made a difference in terms of how much you could be at school in yeah. general? Um, and presumably that would have had an impact on your education and as, as a whole yeah I fell behind a lot you fell behind a lot okay yeah. and in a, I guess it's the same question I'll, I'll ask you as I asked, asked Jason did that kind of impact of falling behind on education then kind of have that impact on your mental health as well yes because it's a cycle isn't it it's it kind of one thing kind of impacts impacts each other um I know you obviously you're, you're both here now and you both work with with Katie up at Phoenix School and with the with the teachers there um and I suppose before we kind of get up on to what kind of Phoenix School is and kind of what it does, 
Um, Katie, I was just going to ask you, um, when someone kind of comes into into hospital, um, what what happens in terms of kind of linking in with kind of the outside schools, finding out kind of where people are at in terms of their their yeah, their, their their academic journey? Yeah, well, in the first sort of forty eight hours, a, a young person comes to um, the hospital. We have a meeting, like an induction meeting, with them. So one of our staff will attend their admission meeting but then we'll also have a, a meeting where we d- we talk to the kids so what we try and find out from them is is where they're at and what they're studying and what they like but more importantly what support they've had what works well for them um what their interests are outside of of school um we have a a little bit of an e-safety conversation because obviously our school's got computers but apart from that it's just a little bit of hi this is us and and this is who we are because um what we what we find is that it's it's absolutely key regardless of what we're offering in the school that we form positive relationships with the young people really quickly so that they feel at ease working with us and and that conversation at first uh, sort of works in that way and then we, we become a familiar face on ward and and so that that's what happens right at the beginning cool that's, that's really helpful and i guess that leads me on to my next question for for the both of you how would you describe kind of phoenix school so how would you describe and how it's either similar or or, or maybe different to to schools that you've been in kind of pre-hospital very different in what way it just seems like the teachers actually want to teach you and help you and support you. Okay. And whether that's you don't want to go to school, you can do stuff on ward. There's a lot of other aspects you can do. So say that, say you didn't want to go up to the school and you wanted to do stuff on ward. Well, how would they? What would they do to to meet that that need for you? For you? So the teachers will come down onto ward, and you could do maybe English one hour, and then maths next hour, and then that can be it. And they slowly just try to persuade you to go off and help build your confidence. Okay. So it sounds like they work at your pace rather than kind of expect you to be at a certain yeah. level. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Emily, how would you describe Phoenix School? Different, but in a good way. Different in a good way? Yeah. So in what, if you had to describe it to someone who'd, who'd never, never been there, Say it was kind of a new admission that had come onto the ward and you were trying to tell them it's not it's different in a good way. What, how would you describe it? Um, just it's easier than normal school. You feel like you're understood more mm-hmm. and you can take things at your own pace. Yeah. And that kind of feeling understood more probably, that came through from what you said as well, Jason. I think that's that's probably quite crucial isn't it like feeling like you're actually understood how do you think that impacts your engagement in education gives you a bit more motivation to do it if teachers are happy friendly just want to teach you it just makes you feel happier yeah is that the same for you yeah yeah and has there been anything which the the teachers here have kind of i guess adapted to both of you or to people in general in the school that maybe hasn't happened prior to coming into hospital I guess I'm thinking about their understanding of your difficulties your mental health difficulties kind of is there anything that they've done specifically to to help with that engagement that you can think of Uh, for me I didn't like school so I didn't go up to education but 
now I do and I've slowly persuaded and built up confidence by the teachers and now I go up to school. Where are you at now with your with, with things to do with education compared to where you came in? Um, I'm going up to education now instead of just not doing education at all, even in Ward. And the teachers are helping my GCSEs and college applications and things. Okay. So you're at a place where you're doing GCSEs and college applications. Um, what about yourself, Emily? Kind of where are you at with your education? Um, I think I'm doing my GCSEs this year because I missed them last year because I was not at school. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be all right. And I guess, so when you were talking about how the impact of, of not going on to school impacted education before, that kind of meant that you kind of missed your GCSEs last year. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the school here are helping you with retaking them this year yeah because i'm right in thinking katie that we're a we're a site which can do can we can hold gcse's on site here can't we yeah we're a um an exam center and there's a lot a lot of exams that take place um emily and jason are selling themselves a little bit short at the moment um i went with jason yesterday to actually have a college interview and he was brilliant and confident and knew what he he thought he was going to get in his GCSEs and he was right and he was able to have a really good conversation in a different learning environment that's really big. Um, Jason's um, had a really tough time in his mainstream school and it's been really difficult for him to set foot in our school because it is school. But for him to be able to have that relationship and that, it's almost like he's, he's, he felt empowered to be able to do that yesterday in, in, in a really quite a big setting and, and, and that's and that's really key. And then for Emily, Emily's um, really bright. Jason's really bright too. (laughs) But Emily's really bright and it's a real shame that she missed a year because actually she... uh, she scares me without how difficult a maths is and I avoid her when in case she asks me a question. And um, what she's done already is she's she's already taken... um, some functional skills qualifications with us, some different exams to make sure that, again, that sometimes that impact of a mental health doesn't knock her back and and don't allow her to get anything because um, GCSEs are in a specific time, whereas some other other qualifications that we offer, they can be taken across the year when people feel confident to do that. And And she's doing that and she's passing those and she's doing really, really well. So, so yeah, it's really good. Sounds like you were both selling yourself a little bit short there. <laughs> um, so, and, and well done yesterday, Jason. Um, so you heard their description of, of Phoenix School, Katie. Is there anything you want to add to, kind of how, how would you describe Phoenix School, I guess, for, for people that haven't worked in a setting like this? I think, for me, it's, it's, a, really sell, it's a really safe, warm, welcoming, welcoming environment where the kids can be who they are and, and get success in, on any level. And I think that's that's why the young people tend to come and that's why we have really good attendance in the school because um, we value any success. So whether somebody's uh, crocheted a duck or they've passed an A-level, we, we, we still make sure that each person sees sees that we value that and that we want them that we think that it's a really great step so we are we it's really key that we have like a, a massively personalized curriculum for each youngster and that, and it's bespoke to every young person and it meets their needs at any time because mental health sort of fluctuates so it's it's really important that 
they always come, they always see us, we maintain that relationship, but like Jason and Emily said, that we work at the pace that the young people can have at the same time. One of the bits of work that we do that, that is really important is both um, Jason and Emily are on role of their mainstream school, so we try and make sure that we continually liaise with them and explain to the schools how that they've achieved things and they've got success. And then the mainstream school will send things to help to ensure that they're keeping up with the studies from before. So if it does become a time when a young person could leave, then um, they're able to, if they feel that that's what they want to do, slot back into school and not feel like... Jason and Emily have where that they've missed so much and that, and that, it, uh, that it affects the confidence in any way. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Those kind of links with the, the mainstream schools. And I was just going to ask um, both of you, I know you'll be in different stages with this in terms of kind of thinking about that. And some, um, some of you might be closer than others in terms of thinking about kind of going back to outside schools or outside education things. Um, it sounds like, Jason, you're, um, well, you went to a, an interview yesterday so you're you're pretty close to thinking about that um but it, I guess I was wondering does the experience that you've had here kind of in terms of with Phoenix School and with the education set up here does that kind of make thinking about education outside of hospital any any easier or or not makes you feel more confident that I can achieve what I want to achieve what do you think and you were nodding as, as I was saying that Emily is that something you agree with as well yeah and what is it that you think kind of makes you feel more confident in being able to engage in education again kind of kind of post discharge post hospital I think it's just teachers and how they are and how nice they are and just show you that you're brighter than you think you are okay same for you yeah and I've just been able to caught up on catch up on everything so I guess the next thing I was going to ask you all about, because um, we, we Kate has started to touch on this already, was about the the curriculum at, at Phoenix School and kind of what, how similar or different is that to kind of mainstream school? And it might be dependent, I'm guessing the answer might depend on kind of which young person you're working with, Katie, in terms of kind of what they end up doing. Um, but before I ask kind of Katie's thoughts on that, what what so what are both of you actually doing? What 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 are the areas that you're working on it at school at the moment if I start with you Emily what are you doing what subjects um doing maths English biology and art okay that's quite a quite a range which is your favorite I don't have a favorite <laughs> you don't have a favorite I like them all <laughs> do, you have, do you have a least favorite no Jason what are you doing um, I'm doing my maths English and biology maths English and biology cool and so how does that work in terms of deciding kind of what people are doing whilst they're here? Okay. Is that kind of just, a, a, just liaising with their school that they're at on roll with or is it kind of a conversation that you have with the young people? What, what tends to happen? Um, it's both really. Our school, it's only half of the time. So, it's, so if you're in mainstream school, you do 25 hours a week. Our youngsters do 12 and a half hours a week. So we have to explain to mainstream schools that if they're coming in doing nine GCSEs or four A-levels, that actually that's quite a difficult thing for a young person to do in the time because it's so important that um, our young people have that time to do therapies and, and work on the, on the mental health as well as do the schoolwork. 
So usually in negotiation or through conversations, we look at what our young people want to do. And if they want to carry on with nine GCSEs and they want to do that, that's absolutely fine. But um, what we offer is, we definitely always offer maths and English and science because that's often the the best way for a young person to progress to the next step that they've got those particular qualifications. And I think that happened last night, didn't it, Jason, that we went, oh, right, maths and English, that's great. Um, and then if a young person's got a really keen interest in, in something, then we incorporate that into their um, their curriculum as well. And we will make sure that there's accreditation for that. So, for example, we might have young people that are really interested in health and social care and childcare. And even though that it's really difficult to do that practical side, we'll make sure that that qualification can be gained. And if it's something that we've not got specialists in, um, I think probably the only positive of COVID is that mainstream schools have got much better in that virtual learning and, and teams work and being able to realise that young people might not be able to always access learning in the classroom. So that's been really good as well that, um, say we've got a young person that's doing Spanish, then that Spanish teacher might link and, and do that virtually and, and, and that's been really, really positive. So. We, we don't ever say that they can't, but we do have a conversation a bit about what they can and, and what pressure that might be putting on young people. We have, in our school as well, we have, a, we have different pathways. So pathway A is basically a young person that's coming in and just wants to do what they're doing in the mainstream school and, that, and that's it. Pathway B is when we do a little bit of everything. So it might be that they are doing some functional skills or some different qualifications, but they're also really keen on art so we might do an arts award or they might um, be really wanting to do cookery so we accredit that through um, AQA unit awards and link with OT in that way and then we have um, we have pathway C where and they're often the youngsters that are really turned off from education and and don't want to do anything formal and, and we work with them on any interest that they've got and then celebrate that success and, and try and build up the confidence so that they can access more formal learning. And, and that's what we do. And it, seem, it seems to work for everybody and it makes sure that we have young people that can access the school, all young people can access the school every day. And it, I think I certainly see that from a, from a therapy point of view in terms of kind of, it seems that on some level, there is the education is kind of ta- as, as I think the therapies as, as, as well kind of tailored to kind of where you guys are at and it sounds like there's a mixture of kind of both formal and informal education yeah we, we and- have a massive um, program of wider learning that is why I am dressed up today so any sort of awareness raising or charity days uh, we have a school prom where everybody gets involved we have school trips um I think you'll find that I beat Jason at Laser Quest, not mention it. Um, but we have lots of school trips and we have lots of experiences. So we've been to the pantomime, we've been to, um, we've we've had live um, theatre, we've, we've been to museums. So we make sure that we've got that wider curriculum because our young people are in hospital and they don't get to do that very often uh, when when they're on leave. So we make sure that that's into our, that's sort of woven into our curriculum. Which out of those things, kind of school school trips or, or or other kind of more informal things, have have either of you two been to? Have you two been to, um, well, Laser Quest, obviously, um, 
but is, is there anything else which you do you two have done from like on the more kind of informal side of the education we've been to the pantomime which was amazing which pantomime was it um the one in Sheffield town center okay it's like a big theater one you enjoyed that yeah um what about yourself emily went to prom went to prom yeah and that was that was last summer wasn't it yeah last summer so what was that experience like I really enjoyed it. Yeah? Getting dressed up and the makeup and everything. So did you enjoy the getting the dressed up and the makeup part of it or did you enjoy actually being there as well? Actually being there as well. <laughs> um so and I guess it's it's these these things are all kind of whether it's the the pantomime, whether it's the the prom, whether it's the the, the trips to museums, they're all set up by you guys at Phoenix School, aren't they? They're all kind of run by you as part of kind of the educational kind of program. Um, and I, I do think that's really important. That you've got the mixture of formal and informal um, things that, that happen. And it sounds like there's a mixture of formal and informal kind of qualifications as well. So you've got the kind of things like AQA unit awards right through to kind of formal GCSEs and, and things like that. Um, is there anything else in terms of when we're thinking about kind of what Phoenix School is or what Phoenix School does, Katie, that you think, because I'm, just thinking as well, you, am I right in thinking that Phoenix School also got some recognition from, from UNICEF? So we are a rights respect, we're a silver rights respecting school and um, we've, we got that earlier on this year and we, I think it was in October and we had um, our young people part of that process and that's really good and the young people were able to speak about their rights and what they learn in school around the rights. Um, so, yeah, so we have... Um, a vision which is a be all you can be, which is about being able to make sure that every young person moves forward. But I'm I have this real passion that we have uh, that our young people are confident enough in the work that we do in the school that they can take that risk to possibly not succeed. So it's it's that so for example, Emily took an exam the other day and, and there's a possibility she might not pass it. And a lot of our young people, when they start on the journey with us, they'll not even touch anything formal that'll get marked or that anything that'll say that that might not be right. And to be able to have the confidence to sit an exam, knowing that there is, you know, there's just that chance that you might not pass it and you might have to have another go, is is a massive um, is massive progress for our youngsters. And and that's that's where most of our youngsters end up. And that's really really great. What do you think about that, Emily, given that I suppose it was, it was your exam that Katie was talking about? Do you feel like you're in a place now where you, you can kind of take those risks, whereas before maybe it was more difficult? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's made that difference? Um, just having more confidence, really. Yeah. And, 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 com- and I guess it's what, what Katie was saying, confidence sometimes to things might not go as you, you want them to go, but confidence to try it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Jason? Um, I've got an exam on the 14th, which is in about two weeks' time. I'm a bit nervous, but staff are helpful and show me everything that I need to do for it. What's the exam in? Science, uh, biology. Biology. Um, so I think it's, and I think it's, I guess from a personal point of view, I think it's amazing that you guys, when you come into a place like this with, um, obviously there's reasons why you're here, um, and are still able to to 
find a way of continuing with education and finding a way of making it work for you like i i guess from a personal point of view i do think that's kind of actually really inspiring so i think it's 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 really really cool um i think the other thing to mention um about which might be of interest for people for, about phoenix school is um you're registered with ofsted as well um and have to go through the same inspection processes as kind of regular mainstream schools is that right yeah so um we had our Ofsted inspection just before covid so um in february 2020 and and we're a good school and but we are outstanding in that personal development wider learning and and that and and that's fantastic because that's that's what we want to be and we and you know i think we're outstanding now but we it's it's a it's a testament to the young people that they can do that. And, I, and I'm the same as you, Seb. It, it is, um, when adults have mental health issues, we have no expectation ever that they can hold down a full-time job. We just wouldn't expect that. And our expectation is that young people will want to go to school every day. And actually, that's really hard to do. But our young people, on the whole, manage it and have really, really good attendance. And, they, and they'll get up every morning and they'll either come to education or accept learning which is difficult to do anyway and also have that hope for the future and that aspirations of moving forward and 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 that is amazing and I think we sometimes forget that because it's something that we do every day absolutely and to me that feels like one of the best places to end this podcast is just by saying how we both feel that what you guys do in the situation that you're in is, is amazing. I think we're both both inspired by it. So well done and keep it going. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Signet Cams podcast, Walking in Our Shoes. You can keep up with all the latest episodes on iTunes and Spotify. For more information about our Cams services, please visit our website at www.signethealth.co.uk.